Well, welcome everyone to another episode of Corecast, the podcast of the Cornet Northern California chapter. This episode of Corecast is brought to you by Impact Group, the future of work company providing end-to-end world-class workplace solutions. To connect with Impact Group or to learn more, please see the show notes. My name is Robert Teed, and I am thrilled to be your regular host of Corecast, where we bring you guests and content that are both timely and relevant to what's happening in the world of work and workplace, with a particular focus on the Northern California region. This region is home to some of the most exciting companies in work and workplace developments on the planet. When I'm not hosting CoreCast, my day job is as founder and CEO of Integra Group, where I'm an executive coach, a strategic advisor, and a consultant. And I bring to my work three decades as a corporate real estate and workplace executive. And if you want to connect with me or are interested in learning more about me and my work, please see the show notes for my contact information. I'm also a longtime active member of Cornet Northern California. I'm a facilitator in the chapter's leadership development cohort. And of course, I get to host CoreCast. Well, we are hot on the heels of our Cornet Northern California annual awards gala, where we formally recognize three of our members, our corporate real estate executive of the year, our service provider of the year, and our young leader of the year. And in our previous two episodes of CoreCast, I got a chance to sit down with Patrick Wong of LinkedIn, who is our young leader of the year, and Lena Zimmerman of PowerPlay, who is our service provider of the year. On this episode of CoreCast, I get to sit down with our very own Corporate Real Estate Executive of the Year, George Kreidem. And many of you will recognize George from his decade-long career with Salesforce. Uh, I know I certainly know him from there, but his reach in our industry goes way beyond Salesforce. And we'll get to learn a little bit more about that reach as our conversation unfolds. Uh, It's an honor for me to get a chance to sit down with George in a more intimate setting, And hopefully I bring to our listeners a few nuggets about George that may not have been known prior to this conversation. Uh, Until recently, he was the SVP of real estate for Salesforce, where he worked for almost 11 years. And while there, he had several different leadership roles, eventually ascending into that SVP role as the company grew wildly. And in doing so, really reshaped the landscape of San Francisco and, and many other markets around the world. In September of this year, George stepped away from his big corporate job uh, to retire. So he says, we'll see if that's really true. And he stepped into doing more independent work as a freelancer, as a mentor, as an advisor, uh, something I can definitely relate to. So I'm excited to hear more about how George is spending his time these days. Um, George's workplace career started in 1989. Coincidentally, it was the same year that Lena Zimmerman's career started in mine. So there's something about that year that uh, is, is just a theme. Uh, he started with Raychem uh, before joining uh, Bay Networks and Nortel in 1995, where he worked as a real estate program manager. And then from there, he moved on to stints, really long stints, actually, with Intuit and then with Yahoo prior to joining Salesforce in 2016. Uh, George has a degree in mechanical engineering from San Jose State University and is a registered professional engineer, a a PE in California. And he's been part of Cornet since the early 2000s, really since the early years of the organization. And he's been very actively involved in the Northern California chapter all along, 
uh, engaged as a senior end user uh, in various capacities. And we'll get to hear more about George's work uh, with the chapter uh, uh, here shortly. As a longtime member of Cornet, uh, George has been a regular participant in the organization's global summits, including the one we just had in Chicago. And by the time this airs, um, the end of that summit will have long passed. But we'll get to hear from George kind of what his experience was like in Chicago and in the summit uh, last week. Uh, George has also been well known for opening his doors uh, at his various companies to countless chapter events while at Yahoo and Intuit and, and at Salesforce. And I think of how generous Salesforce has been to our chapter and supporting you know various events, big and small, uh, letting us use their, their space in particular. During the last two years, as the pandemic unfolded uh, and really kind of rocked the workplace world, uh, George stepped up to lend his voice to different peer groups, to really help uh, share what Salesforce was doing uh, as far as keeping employees productive and safe during the pandemic, and then learning from others what was going on for them and, and how to bring that back into Salesforce. And I know that George participating in some of those peer group events was really helpful for the community at large. George is super well-respected in the corporate real estate leader circles, which is evidenced by him winning the Corporate Real Estate of the Year Award. George, I'm excited to be talking with you. Welcome to CoreCast. Thank you for being here and congrats on your award, uh, Corporate Real Estate Exec of the Year. It's very well deserved, my friend. Thank you. Thank you, Robert. Um, yeah, I'm uh, excited about it. Looking forward to the gala next week. Um, I, I've attended these for many years and never really thought I'd be I'd be up there uh, making a speech. So it's uh it's exciting, a little bit nerve-wracking, having to figure out what to say and uh, how to write the speech, but uh, definitely looking forward to it. Thank you. Uh, oh, that's awesome. I'm, I'm looking forward to it as well, and we'll get to hear a little bit more about how you're preparing. But, you know, I always like to start with, um, you know, what did I miss in my introduction of you? I, I always try to put a little bit of a bio together, but like in your case, you know, I just kind of touched the surface of, of your career. You know, what did I miss? What would you like to highlight? What would you like to add? Uh, not much, really. I think you covered it pretty well. I would say maybe just going back a little further in that I actually grew up in the Bay Area. So I um, was fortunate enough to have uh, my family immigrated here in the late 60s, right to uh, San Mateo, California, and have mm. kind of been in the center of the activities and the center of all of the growth of Silicon Valley. And uh I feel uh, lucky and blessed to have been in the middle of all of that and uh, just haven't haven't moved away since then. Yeah, that's great. I want it, it we'll come back to that because I'm curious you started in the valley at a really important time and you've seen it change I'm sure a lot. So we'll come back to that. Let's talk about Chicago a little bit. You know, we're all back from the Cornet Global Summit in Chicago where, you know, a bunch of folks descended on the city in the first big event that Cornet's been able to hold really since 2019. They had a small event in Seattle last year in 2021, but, you know, 22 was really the big year. So tell me, how was that summit for you? What were some of your, you know, key learnings and takeaways? I, I think first it was exciting to be there with, you know, especially in the keynote with 2,700 people and just seeing everybody coming together was really a great sense of relief and a great sense of kind of coming back to a bit of normal or normal from before the pandemic. So that was really exciting. It was really nice to be able to face-to-face -face meet and talk to people that I haven't talked to in a while. Um, 
the the keynote I thought was very inspiring. I really did. Uh, I I, I love that message about positivity and and community and spreading it. To me, that has been part of kind of what what I've always been had. What I've always had is important to me. Um, and it's it was good to hear kind of to hear that. And uh, just some of the sessions were great, and and some of the gatherings, the social gatherings afterwards, it was just really nice to be able to be with people for you know after all this time. Yeah, I love to hear that that the gathering part. I think as a chapter, we had somewhat somewhere in the area of like two hundred members show up, so it was great to have you know the twenty seven hundred as you mentioned, and then have such a large contingent from Northern California there and. Um, I, I had a great experience as well, so I'm, I'm glad to hear you did. And I had, you know, I would kind of summarize what I learned very similar to what you said. And that, 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 uh, opening general session was really awesome. So, well, I'd love to understand a little bit now that you're, you've stepped out of the, um, the role at Salesforce, you're quote unquote retired. You're going to tell me if that's really true or not, but how are you spending your time now? I know you're doing a little bit of mentoring and some freelancing but really, how are you spending your time? Yeah, I, I think, I mean, so my daughter, I have one daughter, and she has had two little girls in the last two years. So spending a lot of time with my family, with my wife, and uh, doing some childcare for the for my two granddaughters a couple of days awesome. a week. Um, and but but I am still it's it's just for me, it's really hard at this time. And, uh, you know, this is another time where I think we're seeing a major change in our industry and the whole workplace and real estate. And it's hard to just kind of step away completely. So I'm really interested to be involved and to be um, there to kind of see how this all is going to work out. And, and as we know from previous trends, that they don't just resolve or they don't change overnight. This is going to be an evolution. And I'm curious and interested to see that. And uh my last few years at Salesforce, I've always uh, I've tried to focus more on building the team and mentoring some of the young people that are coming into the industry and into our group and have been involved in the Cornet mentorship program the last couple of years. And so I'm doing some of that as well. I really enjoy that. I enjoy seeing people coming into the industry, a lot of them from different backgrounds, different areas of education or experience. And um, it, it's great for me to be able to, to share some of my experiences with them and to help uh, mentor them. Yeah, that's great. And I'm glad you're keeping, you know, a foot in the industry and, you know, with, with the experiences you've had. And as you've said, it's a it's such a moment of change. I think having your experience and in, in, in continuing to mentor and, and grow some of our young leaders is going to be really helpful and just continuing to be a voice in the industry of where we're going to go, uh, I think it's going to be really helpful. So thank you for staying in. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've been also a little bit involved in a little bit of advisory work. I'm doing good. some advisory work with a small software startup, uh, Flexi AI. I think they're, uh, they have a, the, uh, an innovative approach to kind of, I think we need a lot of different things to help people work within this new flexible work and flexible place environment and uh, i was intrigued by some of what they have with their solution to help teams help leaders maneuver through all of that so i'm doing a little bit of advisory work there that's great yeah and that's another place where you can help really shape some of those solutions that are coming to market for us so that's that's great good good use of your time and 
glad you get to do less of the corporate work and more of the fun work, hopefully, as, uh, as time goes on. Um, well, let's do this. It, you know, it's a chapter podcast. Let's, you started to mention some of your chapter work. Let's go into that a little bit. You know, you've been a senior end user for a number of years. As, as you just mentioned, you, you spent a lot of energy uh, on young leaders. Um, you've been a mentor. You've participated in a number of the young leader events. You've been um, part of the speed mentoring and, and some of these other things that are really geared towards our young leaders and those that are coming in. What what keeps you so engaged in in the chapter in that way and really you know focused on our young leader community? For me, I, I saw the benefits of being part of an industry community outside the company that I'm within all the way back to when I was uh, starting out. In a lot of ways, I could relate more to people doing the same thing at other companies than I could to a lot of people within the company doing different things. Um, so it's always been really helpful for me from the beginning. I've never really participated in the committees within the chapter, but I have participated pretty heavily in connections with other leaders at other companies in uh, hosting events and, and meetings. And so I, I, I saw the benefit of that early on, and I want to be able to hopefully help articulate that, articulate that to some of the young uh, leaders coming into the industry now. Yeah, that's great. And and clearly you've been very involved in that young leader community and very influential and, and excited to know that you'll stay in that, hopefully. Um, as, you, as you sort of think about, you know, in, in addition to being recognized as the Corporate Real Estate Executive of the Year, what has the chapter sort of meant to you and your involvement? You talked about connecting with other leaders and it being kind of a network for you. Are there other things that you've been able to get out of the, your involvement with the chapter and with Cornet more generally? Yeah, I mean, just the whole uh, knowledge sharing, resource sharing, the education that comes from that, mm -hmm. uh, some of it through some of the formal, like the MCR classes and some of the other trainings, uh, but also just attending and participating in the chapter meetings and uh, hearing there's been some great programs, great presenters and great tours of other locations and other uh, people in the industry and people that are maybe not in tech but are part of the cornet. So it gives you a really wide range of visibility into uh, the industry. So that's been another area where I've gained quite a bit in that. I think just going through those monthly meetings, uh, interacting with people, and the programs in those meetings have been really, really powerful over the years. Yeah, that's that's awesome to hear that sort of that power of connection and and knowledge sharing and things that we shared that that's kind of the magic sauce of, of at least the NorCal chapter, I think. But, um, you know, if, if somebody, uh, is listening to this podcast, who's not yet a member, what, you know, what pitch would you give to them as a reason to join? Is it what you just talked about or is there more to it? Do you think as far as getting people to join that aren't members? It's definitely what I just talked about, but I think it's also, it, it gives you a feeling that you have, a larger team, a larger group of people on your side, because a lot of people might be in smaller companies and startups where maybe they're doing multiple things. And one of the things that they're doing has to do with the workplace and with the facilities management and the real estate. Um, knowing that you have a whole army of other people that are in the industry that you can always just reach out to and say, hey, what are you doing about this? Or I've got this issue or this problem, or I'm looking for somebody really good. I'm looking for a really good partner. 
what have you done? I mean, just that, that to me has been so invaluable. I've had so many areas, so many times where I've had an issue that I'm dealing with or something that I'm dealing with that one of the first things I would do is reach out to my contacts that I've made through Cornman. Yeah, that's awesome. So I love that idea that it's your team. You know, it's a much the community becomes part of your team, even if you've got a small team internally in your company, you've got this massive team externally that you can leverage. You called it an army. I kind of like that. Um, you know, if if somebody is a current member, but they're maybe newer, maybe they're one of the young leaders that that we've talked about, uh, and they're not quite as involved in the chapter, they haven't figured out how to you know, how to navigate the landscape or even how to connect with a senior end user like you, any advice on how to connect, how to navigate the chapter or how to connect with, you know, our senior end users like yourself? Um, I would say the first thing is don't be intimidated. Don't be afraid of reaching out to senior end users. Uh, that That's the other thing about, uh, I don't know how other chapters are, but I felt with our chapter here, uh, it's always easy to reach out to anybody and you always get a response. Mm-hmm. Um, so don't be intimidated. Don't feel like you can't reach out to somebody that is maybe leading a real estate organization somewhere else. Um, I think the other thing too, is you don't have to be on a committee to get the value that you need out of being a member in the chapter. I think um, just participating in the events, being aware of the events, that as I said earlier, the the monthly meetings have really been valuable over the years because you do get to connect and you do get to go visit and tour and see what other people are doing and you get to see some innovative ideas and then you can always follow up on those as well. So that would be my my advice to people that are a member but uh, want to think about kind of how to get the most out of it. Yeah, and I, if I could just sort of restate, you know, just because you had an SVP in front of your title didn't mean you were not accessible to members, right? You would take anybody's phone call and engage with them. And that that's one of the cool things about you, but also about our chapter is that anybody can reach out to anyone in, in you know, engage and intimidation needs to be pretty low. So yeah. I love that. Well, thank you for your service to Cornette. Um, you know, it, it's a better organization because you're in it. Um, because you've been able to to influence so many young leaders and and really participate. And I think you said it well, you don't have to be on a committee, but you do have to participate. You have to engage in whatever way works for you to get the value out of it. Um, well, let's, let's shift back into you and the work that you do. Uh, I'd love to start with Salesforce. Um, you know, you had a long career at Salesforce and it was during a time of massive growth really in all sorts of ways revenue headcount footprint i mean just explosive growth at least from the outside looking in um, and i was actually the vp of real estate and workplace at service now for much of that time so i feel like we were always keeping our eye on well what's salesforce doing what, what are they going to do next um when you stepped into salesforce in 2012 what was that like what was the company like what was it like for you you know what was that experience yeah, it was, I mean, nothing that I had expected. I, um, I, I I went to Salesforce from Yahoo after being at Yahoo for a while. And it, it was at a time in my career where I just needed a change and uh, happened to have somebody reach out to me, a recruiter from Salesforce. Um, I met with Ford Fish, who I reported to when I first came into Salesforce. And I thought I was coming in to help 
manage the build out of the campus in uh, uh, in San Francisco and in, in uh, Mission Bay area. I got a call from Ford a week before. He said, hey, you're going to see some things in the news that we're stepping away from that project. But don't worry, we have plenty of things to do. And boy, was that the understatement. I mean, it was like, you know, came in, revenue was at two billion. Now it's at 26 billion. Uh, 8,000 employees globally now. Salesforce is at 75,000 globally. And it was just nonstop. But it was such an amazing learning experience. It was like coming into a startup and seeing it grow to a large company, but still act like a startup and be kind of in that startup. So it, it's just, it was an amazing, amazing experience overall. Yeah. Yeah. If if you sort of pull forward to, you know, when you left in September, I mean, Salesforce literally kind of reshaped the landscape, li literally and figuratively. Um, Salesforce Tower in San Francisco, but also there was a Salesforce Tower in many other markets. I mean, are are there things that you did that you're especially uh, proud of or that are most notable to you or that were the biggest pains for you? Like, you know, what would you sort of call out in that in that 11 years that you were there? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to pick just one thing. There was just so many things going on. And that's kind of part of being in this. Salesforce has a unique culture where there's just a lot of smart people fast growth, but people that also care about each other. There's this family kind of environment. There's the whole giving back to the community. It's, you know, Mark Benioff as the really supervisionary founder. I mean, one of the first things I learned when I first, you know, when I was there was uh, we were still very small. I mean, we, and, and Mark told Ford and our CFO, he said, Hey, we need to get that tower that they're talking about building here in San Francisco. And so we were running all the numbers and we we're like, there's no way we can afford to do this. Like, we're just small. Like, why do we even need this? But he kept pushing and we saw the benefit of that. The moment we signed the lease or announced that we're signing the lease, we have to be creative on how to do it. We leased the bottom, the cheaper floors in the bottom and the top floor at the top and negotiated getting the naming and all of that. But the moment that lease was signed and became public in the news, everybody knew who Salesforce was. Before that, nobody in San Francisco knew who Salesforce was, even though they had been a startup in San Francisco and had been there for you know over 10 years, nobody knew, but just with that. And, and so that kind of became the formula. So I would say like, if there's one thing, it's kind of developing this formula for how to do this. And then it was so successful there that then we started doing the same thing in New York and in Tokyo and other locations in London where we come in and it's about the signage and the branding and the naming rights. And we take a small piece of the building, but make it look like we actually have the entire building. And, uh, and that was exciting. It was exciting to be in the, our, our model for real estate was to be in the center of these close to our customers. So in the center of the uh large major cities around the world so that's been you know that was really exciting getting to do these deals and uh, manage and build the spaces all around the world it's been a lot of fun yeah well you you sure as you described that that strategy i mean you sure figured out how to do that salesforce tower is known across the world and in the other salesforce towers are you know maybe not as famous as san francisco but darn close so what a brilliant strategy um 
as you think about the last couple of years, because, you know, the, the physical premises played a different role for us during the pandemic, your the way you worked personally probably shifted a little bit, changed a little bit. Just curious, how were the last couple of years for you? What new ways of working showed up for you personally? You know, any new hobbies, anything like that, anything that showed up for you while we were all sort of not working from the company offices? Yeah, I mean, I think for me, uh, uh, personally, it was um, a big change. I think it really affected, uh, of course, affected everybody, affected our team in a lot of different ways. So there's a lot of focus during the last two years on how to keep the team together, mm-hmm. how to change the way that we do things. We were still building projects around the world, but we couldn't travel to go see them and manage them in person. So we had to figure out how to do that and how to deliver, for example, a project in Tokyo without having completely with a design team that's here and a design team that's in Tokyo, but they had to work together to be able to deliver this. So we have to empower the local teams more. We have to make sure that we use the right tools and all of that. So I think that changed a lot of the way how the the way that we do things. Um, But I think the most difficult part was just you know, the keeping the team together, keeping the teams motivated, uh, especially in the early uh, in the early days of the pandemic when there was so much uncertainty, um, and it was just really important to keep the team together to keep uh, the positive uh, thinking, positive attitude as we were shifting things and slowing projects down and pushing things out and reducing space. Um, it, it, it's just a really tricky, it was a real test to our flexibility. I mean, we really had to be flexible and positive. And, and uh, again, it always comes back to the team and it comes mm-hmm. back to keep the team together. It was also a time where, where we, you know, again, back to the cornet and the contacts. Um, it was a time where we really leveraged our, um, our partnerships and our, uh, and we really leveraged our connections in the industry uh, from the first, you know, first dealing with the safety and how we're going to come back, it was calling and talking and setting up these weekly meetings with other Cornet members and other contacts in the industry to compare notes and just say, hey, what happened this last week? Like, what are we, how are you doing this? How are we doing this? What's going on in your, you know, Asia offices versus your America offices and your Europe offices? So helpful. And, and, um, it was definitely a stressful time, but you really have to kind of work through that. For me personally, having two granddaughters born during that added a little bit to the stress, but also added a lot of joy to that. So that kind of helped me um, help me get uh, get through that. And uh, um, so it, it's and that's why now it's really intriguing and interesting to see kind of where we're gonna what's the next next trend or the next chapter in this workplace uh world yeah boy are we prepared for whatever that might be we don't know what's going to be but we certainly learned a lot over the last few years yeah um you know what you you started down this path a little bit i'm curious to take you back kind of the early parts of your career you you know you've been in the bay area you said a long 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 time um take me back to just after you graduated san jose you went into the workforce kind of a really interesting time in the formation of the Silicon Valley, kind of the modern version, I guess, of Silicon Valley, probably a lot more hardware than software at that time. But what was the Valley like? How would you describe it to somebody who 
you know, isn't familiar with it or wouldn't know by looking at today's Silicon Valley what it might have been like back in 1989? Yeah, I mean, it was definitely more on the hardware side, but there was just the whole sense of innovation and all of these new things, like even things like voicemail was a great innovation at mm -hmm. the time, right? So um, your your uh, networking, you know, being able to connect computers together and work together in an office and the whole idea of going to these smaller computers and then cell phones, it just seems like the, the, there was, it was like right at the beginning of a lot of change very quickly in a lot of different industries that really impacted the way people lived and the way people worked. And um, it was very exciting. I mean, it was, you know, we didn't know it at the time. We didn't know. And we all thought that this was the greatest thing ever. And like, this was going to be the greatest thing ever. And then, you know, a year later, some new development comes and something new comes. It was just exciting to be in this area, to be right in the middle of all of this. But we also saw, I mean, I've also seen, cycles so we've had mm -hmm. cycles uh throughout we've had you know downturns and dot com uh downturn we've had recession downturn we've had other downturns due to offshoring or whatever but there's always this innovative cycle there's always something new and, and after going through so many cycles that's one of the things that i talk to people that are young and new to this that haven't been through so many cycles is that these are all cycles and I, I would hope and can assume that these will continue to be cycles and it's just going to get better and better over time. Yeah. It, the spirit of innovation in this area, you know, one of the things I, I've heard a, a few times is that, you know, we may have been really productive over the last couple of years, but, but we may not have been as innovative and as you think about, you know, your, your time at Salesforce, for example, do you feel like the innovation stayed high during the last couple of years in addition to being staying productive? Well, that's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's hard to say. I, to me, it, it, it always still feels like um, the, there's still innovation. I mean, in every little thing that we do, um, innovation doesn't have to be new products. I mean, innovation is just, figuring out how to work in a flexible remote environment is innovative, right? I mean, that there's, there's a lot of innovation around how you do things and what you do. Uh, it, it doesn't always have to be, uh, you know, the, the, the next best uh, biotech uh, solution or the next best technology solution. Yeah. Uh, I, I think overall, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much a, an, an optimist all the time. And I, I always feel like there's, I mean, I'm always excited by whatever new small thing, small innovation that I see, whether it's in a product or in a, the way people do things. Yeah. And I, and I love the fact that, you know, this area that we're in, we're, it, it is the innovative engine probably of, of tech, certainly in a lot of different things. And I, I I'm like you, I'm optimistic. I'm, I, I think this, region of the world is going to continue to, to be very innovative and whether that's small innovations, big innovations. Um, I don't feel like there was a dearth of, of innovation uh, over the last few years, but we'll see, right? I think we'll learn over the next few years, whether that's true or not. Um, I'd, I'd love to get to know you a little bit as a leader. I, you know, I'm a student of leadership. I teach in our chapters, leadership development cohort and as you've kind of gone through your career, I'd love to hear about how you developed as a leader 
were there moments in, in your career that sort of made you the leader that you are today? Were there leaders that you worked with that, that were helpful in that? Just kind of give us a, a sense of how you got to where you are as a leader. Yeah, I'm, I've been lucky to have had some really good leaders and mentors, uh, people that were always open to trusting me as a person, as a leader, and to be there to encourage and to be there to support, and also people that I could emulate. I'm, I mean, uh, you know, m- multiple leaders. I, I can mention a couple. One is Iris Guy, who mm-hmm. um, I worked with Iris at Intuit and then uh, followed her over to Yahoo when she went over to Yahoo. But uh, Iris is one of those people that I was more on the workplace side of things. When I first met Iris, she was on the real estate leasing and transaction side of things. And I said, hey, I'd love to learn more about this. And she was really open to it. Like, yeah, come on, join me on these calls. Join me in these meetings here. Do you want to go do this uh, lease deal? Or do you want to do you want to go down, you know, and pretend like you're looking for space just so that my negotiation with this one landlord would go better. And so it's those kinds of things. And then she just let me and guided me through it. And that's kind of what, what moved me more into the transaction side and the real estate side of things. I started out more on the projects and the workplace and the operations management. So she was a great mentor, a great leader. Um, another one was uh, Ford fish who unfortunately passed away this last year. Um, Ford was somebody I came to know when I first came to Salesforce. And he was just one of the nicest, most empathetic leaders, but also very encouraging, very trusting, and there to support, there to do what you need, but stays out of your way and and guides you. Um, And so he was just a great person to really learn from and emulate really great at building teams as well, getting the right people and hiring the right people. Um, the, the, the other mentor and leader that I had was Elizabeth Pinkham, who was my manager at Salesforce uh, over the last five years. Um, so Elizabeth had been with the company from the beginning and she was leading on the marketing side, all of the Dreamforce stuff. She was really the inventor or the, the person that started the concept of Dreamforce and took it to this massive, you know, largest uh, software conference. Um, and there was a time in the company when uh, Mark Benioff said, you know, we're, we're growing quite a bit. We've just signed all these leases. We're going to expanding all these, uh, all of our workplace everywhere. And he said to Elizabeth, why is it that when I walk into my, into Dreamforce, I know we're at Salesforce, but I walk into our offices and it could be anybody else's offices, like other than the cloud sign behind the reception desk, you don't get the feeling that you're in a Salesforce office. So she jokes that then she was reassigned to come over and lead uh, real estate. And so she came over and I had worked with Elizabeth before. And so she came over and said, look, I need your help, right? I, I'm, I don't know much about real estate, but she was so good at quickly becoming a true expert at it as well. But she was really a good leader in that she said hey whatever you need you need to build your team built trust really quickly with her and so learned a lot from her on the marketing side of things as well how important it is to be able to uh be concise in your messaging how to relate and how to work with 
the executives and the board of directors and so on. So it was a great partnership and a lot that I learned from her. So, so I think, uh, sorry for rambling on, but I think um, I've been lucky enough to have had some really good leaders. My leadership style has developed over the years to be uh, open, trusting, uh, always looking to have a diverse team. So I believe in hiring people that have diverse ideas, diverse backgrounds, diverse educational backgrounds, because I saw the results of that when you're in a meeting, in a team meeting, and you have people that have come from finance and some people that have come from design and other areas and people just from different parts of the world, you get so much, so much better ideas that come through those discussions than if everybody had kind of followed the same path that ended up there. So sorry for rambling on. That was no, a not long, at all. long response. That's a great response. I love that you shared that much about, especially about the three leaders and how they helped shape your leadership style. And it helps, I think for me, it helps also describe why you're so involved with young leaders and how you're trying to take that, what you've learned and, and sort of pay it into the young leader community. I think that's really powerful. And you know, yes, we're involved in buildings and workplaces and physicality of things, but at the end of the day, it's about the people and you're really, you know, strong at influencing the people. And now I get a sense and we all get a sense of kind of where that came from and how you were influenced uh, during your career. So that's awesome. Well, let's, let's do this. Let's shift back to NorCal a little bit, you know, obviously very involved in the chapter, um, very big champion of the chapter. Curious to know, you know, how does it feel to be recognized by your peers across the chapter as our corporate real estate exec of the year? I, I'm just really, I mean, super humbled by it. I, I, uh, it's not something I expected. Um, I've built a lot of really good relationships with people in the industry, both at other companies and also with the different partners and the partnerships that we've had. I've always treated our partners as a true part of the team and really leveraged and uh, the knowledge that they bring and and the partnership that they bring. Um, so I'm just, uh, yeah, I'm just really, really humbled by it and, uh, appreciative of, uh, being nominated and, and, uh, receiving the award. Um, I feel like I, I want to share it with everybody. It's not really just for me. It's, uh... I love that humble leadership in you. And I know I speak for the entire membership when I say you're very deserving of the recognition you're the exactly the type of corporate real estate leader that that they um, tend to celebrate. You're in very good company if you look at the the award winners that have come before you. And um, and, I, and I just I think I speak on behalf of the chapter when I say you're very deserving of this, even though you're very humble about it. Uh, I just really appreciate you and and, uh, and and the humility that you're bringing to it. And I'm excited to see you up at the gala. You know, it's a big stage. I talked about this a little bit with Lena too. You know, it's a big stage. You get to, to speak for a while up there. Um, and by the time people hear this podcast, the gala will have wrapped, and you know, some of some of the uh, highlights will have been shared. But without kind of giving anything away, what are we going to hear from you? You said you were working on your speech a little bit. Any anything to share? Anything you want to leak out here on our podcast? Uh, you know what? It's a lot about gratitude. And that's something that I've also learned from the various leaders, some of my direct leaders, as well as some of uh, 
the, you know, even, you know, Mark Benioff as a CEO of Salesforce and our CFO at Salesforce and others, uh, just to always like have that sense of gratitude and not forget that. And so I think you, you'll hear a lot of that in, in, uh, in my speech and a little bit of advice to the young people. Awesome. More, more of you influencing young leaders. I love that. Um, well, George, if, if folks that are listening wanted to connect with you, you know, learn a little bit more from you directly, is LinkedIn a good way to do that? What's a good way to connect with you? Yeah, absolutely. LinkedIn is the best way. Um, I, I check that quite often and I am open. Like I, if anybody wants to have any kind of a conversation or dialogue, especially the young leaders coming in, I'm really very open to having conversations with folks and uh, just to continue to share and encourage and encourage our industry in this profession. I think this is one of those professions that you don't go to school thinking, I didn't certainly go to school thinking I was going to be doing this. And I think it's important to spread the word. And I think once you get into it and certain people like it and and actually love it and want to continue in it, I, I love to be able to help them uh, guide them through a career path in the industry. That's awesome. Well, we'll put your information in the show notes so people know how to get a hold of you. I I love that you're keeping your foot in in the industry, like I mentioned earlier, and just that you're willing to continue to influence and shape and uh, and continue to pay forward. I think that's so great. Um, and I just want to thank you for joining me on Corecast. It's been an honor. I, I had a lot of fun. I learned a lot about you. Um, and I hope our listeners got to learn a little bit more about you. And I hope we get to do it again, to be quite honest. I think this was a lot of fun. Sure. Happy to do it. This is awesome. Thanks. Thanks for, uh, thanks for doing this. I uh, love it. And I'll see you at the gala. And again, even though this airs afterwards and, and folks will, you know, probably already know some of the highlights, hopefully there's some nuggets in here that, uh, weren't presented at the gala. So again, George, thank you. And, and we'll leave it there. Thank you. Thanks, Robert. Well, that was a lot of fun for me and it's super clear to me and I hope it is to you as well why George was nominated and selected as the Corporate Real Estate Executive of the Year. I got to learn a few new things about George and I hope you did as well. Some nuggets, hopefully some things that won't be uh, shared at the uh, gala here in a little bit. Um, I especially enjoyed hearing about George's leadership journey and how much he's trying to be of service to others that are on their own leadership journey, especially our young leaders. So that that was just really impressive to me in something I think is pretty special. Thank you again to Impact Group for sponsoring this episode. We have information in our show notes on how to get in touch with Impact Group if you want to visit with them. And thank you to all our listeners. We ask that you please share this podcast with your friends and with your colleagues. And please be sure to post it and about it on your social media. You can find links to all our past episodes on the Cornet Northern California website, and you can subscribe to hear our future episodes on iTunes or anywhere you get your pods. And if you have an idea for an upcoming episode, we'd love to hear from you. Our contact information is in the show notes. And that's it for this episode of CoreCast. This is Robert Teed signing off. And until next time, work well and be well.